Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today we have a crazy nuclear revenge story where somebody goes an eye for an eye. We'll get into that in a bit, but first... I got back at my girlfriend in the most mischievous way and ended up bagging a promotion. My girlfriend and our team's leader had hooked up and she lied to me about it. I got my revenge most mischievously. I remember the night when it happened. There was a work party that everyone was very excited about. We had that party at the end of the work year. It was a custom but that particular year was different because my team had worked very hard to make money for our organization. We met and exceeded our target for the year, and the organization witnessed a great increase in that year. It was just a good year for all of us, and we looked forward to the party so we could blow off some steam, have fun, and look forward to the next year. Three days before the said party, my grandmother suddenly fell and came down with a stroke. The whole family was worried that she wouldn't make it, so I had to fly out to my parents just to see my grandmother one last time in case she didn't make it. Thankfully, my grandma's health improved as it was a partial stroke. She regained consciousness and the doctors were already talking to my family about getting physical therapy for her recovery when I returned home. I got home on the same day as the night of the office party. I planned to get back to town in the morning, get enough rest, and attend the party in the evening, but when I got back, it was late in the afternoon. I was too tired from all the stress of meeting my grandmother's many friends who came to visit. Grandma was a free spirit, the old, the young, and everyone loved her, and the stress of waiting at the airport in the flight. I can't make it to the party, I told my girlfriend while she showered in our in-suite bathroom. What? She walked out of the bathroom, her body covered in a huge mint green towel. Why not? You were so excited about this party, babe. I know, but I'm not so excited about it anymore. I'm just really tired. She said, oh dear, do you want me to stay back too? We could nap together. I wish every day that I'd said yes and let her stay in with me, but I guess what happened would have happened anyway, since my girlfriend had a crush on the team leader anyway. No, I won't let you do that. Go on and have fun. I may come around later in the evening. My girlfriend laughed. I know you. You're not showing up. She was right. My girlfriend knew me all too well, and she knew that the minute I shower and get into bed, there was no way I was getting out of bed and getting dressed. After she left, I went into the bathroom, showered, and went to bed. Many hours after I tucked myself in bed, I heard my girlfriend walk in. I'm a light sleeper, so I was awoken by the sound, even though I could hear her tiptoeing around the room. I was, however, too tired to talk to her or ask her anything. I went back to sleep and was soon awoken again by the noise she made when she left the bathroom. I remember wondering why she spent so much time in the bathroom and just went back to sleep. The next morning, she was up before me and was preparing breakfast. Now that was strange because my girlfriend never does that, especially on a weekend morning. She only ever cooked when she felt guilty about something, and she admitted that when we first started dating. Hey, I called out to her. Good morning, she smiled briefly and turned her back to me. What's with the cooking? Did something interesting happen last night? No, why do you ask? She asked, her back still turned to me. 
Oh, nothing. I heard you when you came in this morning, but I was too tired to say anything. Oh, she handed me a plate and a mug containing coffee. Thank you. She turned around to go. You're not eating? She said, no, I want to go back to bed. I came in really late and I have to make up for it. Okay, I said and took a sip of my coffee. Are you sure nothing happened yesterday? You look bothered. No, of course not. I'd tell you if something happened. It was just the usual. Not as interesting because you weren't around. Something was wrong and I was going to find out what it was. I started to wonder what could have happened at the party. Perhaps one of the guys at work tried to hit on her since I wasn't present. Maybe she had a little too much to drink and one of the guys tried to do something. I called one of my coworkers. Hey man, did something happen at the party? My girlfriend looks a bit fluttered. No, nothing happened. That was the annoying part. I said, what? I don't know why, but it just wasn't a fun party. Nearly everyone left early. I left just a little after 10. I said, that boring? They said, yeah, it was that boring. I think everyone had worked so hard this year that we forgot how to party, he joked. Okay, man, thanks. If the party had ended early for most people, then why did my girlfriend return late? I knew my girlfriend. She didn't exactly have a bubbly social life. If everyone was leaving a party, she'd most definitely leave too, especially if I wasn't there with her. I called another co-worker, a woman who was friendly with my girlfriend. Hey, what happened last night? I'd ask my girlfriend, but she's still asleep. Oh, nothing. It was a boring party and people left earlier than they should have, but some of us had fun. I said, really? Why? Because fewer people meant more drinks for me. Ouch, my head hurts. I laughed. Was my girlfriend getting drinks with you? I just know that she wouldn't drink so much alone. She said, well, at first we had drinks together, but the team leader offered to drive her home and they left together. Now that I think about it, they left early too. The rest of us stayed to get wasted together. I said, so she left at midnight? She said, I'm pretty sure they left before that. It wasn't even 11 when they left. I wasn't sure of the exact time my girlfriend came in, but I'm pretty sure it was early in the morning. Nothing before 4 in the morning. If the team leader offered to drive her home by 11, then why did she return that late? Maybe she went home with him, I thought in horror. Was that possible? Would my girlfriend do that to me? Why would she do that to me? And why would she do that with the team leader? Did she like him? Did he like her? Was she drunk and he took advantage of her? I knew I wasn't going to get the truth out of her, so I decided to use a more subtler, more mischievous way. While my girlfriend was still asleep, I created a fake email address, used an old address of where my parents used to live, and sent the team leader an email. We all had official work emails that we used at work, and we had personal emails too that most people did not share with their coworkers. I created the email address using my girlfriend's name, but since it wasn't an official work address, I used her name and added college girl. So it looked like an email address she created while she was in college. It was a risk and I could have been wrong, but I decided to try anyway. I am not going to tell everyone about what happened last night. I sent that to his official work email address. He replied immediately. I was shocked. This was someone who took forever to reply to his work emails. Tell everyone what? That you came on to me and didn't even lie about having too much to drink? You were very much sober and aware of what you were doing. Wait, what? My girlfriend came on to him? It'd have been bearable if he came on to her. I wonder what happened. You said you were going to take me home, but you took advantage, I replied. 
I took advantage. You were the one who started kissing me in the car and asked me to take you to my house. I was shocked. There was no need to go any further. If she went home with them, then they definitely hooked up. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. When I didn't respond to him, he sent another text. Listen, I don't know what you're trying to do. Maybe you regret what happened and that's okay, but you came on to me. You insisted that you knew what you were doing and that it was what you wanted. Don't change this around. I wasn't even mad about it and I didn't understand why. Granted, I was hurt, but I wasn't mad. I just wished she'd told me. My girlfriend and I had been together for more than three years, and we'd lived together for two years and some months. Perhaps she was getting tired of the boring routine of living together. I'd gotten bored the year before and had hooked up with my ex from high school. Now, my girlfriend never found out about that, of course, so I was probably willing to forgive a little fling, but she had to do it with someone we worked with? Someone who was our team leader? It was unfair to me. I decided that instead of confronting her directly, I was going to mess with the two of them. I did not come on to you. Stop lying. He ignored my email. When he wasn't responding, I created another fake address, an informal email address in my team leader's name. Things were about to get interesting. I was going to make things very interesting. I sent an email to my girlfriend's official email account, telling her to tell me about what we did. When she woke up and saw the email, I noticed the confusion on her face. She left the living room and went into the room. What do you mean? That was a one-time thing. You promised we'd pretend it never happened. I want us to be together. Tell him about it or I'll make work very frustrating for you. She replied, are you threatening me right now? I didn't respond. The next Monday at the regular 10am meeting, 
I noticed the cold air between them. She didn't laugh at any of his jokes. She looked stiff and he avoided eye contact with her. When he asked everyone about their weekend, he didn't ask her. Each of them thought the other was messing with them and I enjoyed the show. Have you told him? I asked my girlfriend via the fake email account. I'm going to report you to human resources if you think you can bully me, she replied. I waited to see when the team leader was holding his phone in his hand and sending a text, so it looked like he was definitely the one sending those emails. You can't do that. It'll get out and your boyfriend will find out about what happened. Later that day, I sent another email to the team leader, threatening to report him to the human resources. I did nothing to you. What are you going to report? I didn't reply, but later that day, when I went to his office to have a chat about a task he gave me, I found him pacing around his office. Is everything okay? Is this a good time? I asked him, and pretended to be turning away so he could have some privacy. Oh, no, no, it's fine. Come on. We talked for a while, and then I left. That evening, I sent more emails to him, threatening to frustrate him. I regret ever accepting to give you a ride home. You're a terrible human, he exclaimed in his reply. I sent another email to my girlfriend and promised to get her fired. I did nothing wrong to you. Why are you torturing me? I heard my girlfriend, so I shut down my phone and pretended to be watching the news. I want to talk to you about something, she said. I look up at her and notice that she'd been crying. What's up? I'm being blackmailed at work? What? You're kidding, right? I asked, putting on a humorous face. I couldn't believe that she was going to give up and come clean so easily. Why would anyone want to blackmail you? You're a saint? Her countenance changed and she managed to smile. I was kidding. Is anything interesting happening? She asked, pointing at the TV. The next day, I was in the team leader's office brainstorming when he shifted uncomfortably in his seat. I asked him if he was okay. You look rattled, I observed. Someone is blackmailing me in the office. I said, what? Yes, they're threatening to report me to human resources. I said, did you do anything wrong? He said, morally, maybe, certainly nothing criminal. I said, then you better run to human resources before he does. It's a she, he said timidly. I said, one of our superiors, I'm sure. Those women are ball breakers. I smiled. You'll be fine. Just come clean to HR and get it over with. He wore a painful expression. I'm sure he regretted ever sleeping with my girlfriend at that point. If I wasn't so evil, I'd have maybe felt sorry for him. On my way out of his office, I saw my girlfriend talking to another colleague. A younger woman who was nerdier than anyone I'd ever met in my life. Who reads an e-book on their tablet in a club. They seemed to be having a frantic conversation. I suspected that it was about the email account, so I walked up to them, hoping to get a snippet. They immediately stopped talking when I got close. I just knew what they were talking about when they both stopped talking as soon as they saw me. Our team leader's ineffectiveness was becoming noticeable. He was mostly absent-minded and was not as excited about things as he usually was. I heard from one of the janitors, an old woman who knew everyone's business, that the department managers called him aside and warned him that his position as the team leader was in trouble if the team's work didn't improve. Have you noticed that the team leader has gotten a bit aggressive these days, especially toward me? He's unusually mean to me. I mentioned to my girlfriend one weekend while we were cooking. She dropped her spoon. What? He's been mean to you? I said yes and unnecessarily so. I've been delivering well on my tasks. So, I really don't understand why he's been so mad at me. 
She didn't say anything, so I went on and on giving examples of how he snapped at me and how he ignored me. You know what else I've noticed? He does this to me only when we're together. Whenever there's a third party, he's pretty chill and behaves himself. He's a jerk, my girlfriend stared, staring blankly into space. Nah, I think he's just bothered by something. Maybe something happened in his personal life. She said, hmm, I need to use the bathroom. My girlfriend went upstairs and returned later. I was upstairs working on a work project I brought home from work when I saw an email she sent to the fake email I created for the team leader. Now you're bullying my boyfriend at work? You're a low-life human and I'm coming clean and telling everyone about what a jerk you are. I was barely flattered that she was concerned about him bullying me, but the game is the game and I had to get my revenge. I'm only just getting started. When I'm done with him, you're next. You led me on and now you want to dump me? Think again, lady. I found my response so hilarious that I couldn't help laughing out loud. After sending her an email, I sent another to him as usual. What exactly do you want from me? I didn't respond and he sent another message some minutes later. Go on and tell HR whatever you want to. I knew my team leader. He would only ask her to go on and do that if he had something planned. I just needed to find a way to get my girlfriend riled up too. That night, I started a conversation about a reality TV show about blackmailers. The only way to call their bluff is to call them out on their bluff, I told her. I went to the office very early the next day because I had some work to finish off before everyone came in. I was surprised to see my team leader too. You're early, I said when I saw him and offered a wide smile. He said, yes, listen. I want to talk to you about something. My heart skipped a beat. He was about to say something to me when someone from Human Resources called out to him. I knew it was about what I'd been doing. Some minutes later, my girlfriend came in and the nerdy colleague called her and they both stepped aside to talk. I noticed my girlfriend's countenance changed as they talked. I immediately went into the bathroom and deleted both email accounts permanently. Anyway, HR tried to make sure it didn't get out, but it did. Everyone spread different versions of the actual story. Some said my girlfriend was harassed by the team leader and some others said she accused him wrongly. Some said they wanted to run away together but she chickened out. She admitted what happened that night to me on the day they both went to CHR and I asked her to leave the house so I could process it. The team leader got demoted and I became the new team leader. My girlfriend quit her job and took an offer elsewhere. The pay wasn't as much but she didn't have to deal with the shame and seeing him every day. Who would have thought that my little games would earn me a promotion? I mean, when you just utterly disrupt the entire office with this kind of drama. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Having this back and forth? Shoot, they might be happy to give you a promotion just for the change of pace, just to have some kind of good news going around. That said, our next story is an eye for an eye, Matilda. Matilda has always been the apple of my dear father's eye. 
For as long as I can remember, she's always been the most preferred child in our family. Taking into consideration that I'm the firstborn, and I've had little to no room for errors in our family, as ours is one of strict rules. Rules put under place by dear old dad. As the first son, obviously I had to shoulder some sort of form of responsibility at such a very young age, and at the time, it had seemed like too much of a stress for me, but I had no choice but to stomach it. But our story, the story of how Matilda next to ruined my life, does not even begin here. On this very day, August 17, 2005, Matilda was born, and for the first time I had just seen my father let out a quite a hearty smile, and I could almost not recognize him. I'd initially thought that he was just excited when I was also born, also considering the fact that Matilda was his first daughter. There was more love and affection going around for Matilda than it did for me. It made me feel a different kind of way at first, but as the time went by, I started to get used to it. At this time, I was only just 11 years of age. I had just begun junior high. I guess I could say this was when things were still quite normal in some sense. At this point in my life, I had just thought that she was just receiving preferential treatment mainly because she was, for one, the newest born of the family, and also the fact that my dad has always thought it was right to make me blatantly aware of the fact that he preferred a female child over a male one and after receiving me, he had no choice. But soon after, I got used to the fact that as little as Matilda was at the time, she was still hogging as much attention from our parents than I'd ever received in my entire life. There were some eye-opening events that naturally happened when I was just two years into junior high that made me realize the bitter truth, which was that my parents had little to no love, care, attention, and affection for me. So this was what happened. Back then, I was what you would call the model child and student. I made a very successful attempt at balancing schoolwork, my sporting activities, all while maintaining my status as the school's model student, and also, although unnoticed, I was what you would call the model child. I never caused problems, I was always where I was needed and wanted and never where I was not. I was everything, but I received nothing, absolutely nothing from either parent. The school, on the other hand, was a different case. Seeing as I was the captain then of my school's basketball team, I was being scouted by other schools, and at the time, even some colleges had set their sights on me. But seeing as I was still pretty young at the time, my name was nothing more than an ordinary name on the list. Same as everyone else. But there was a particular school I'd set my sights on, my dream school, and there were just some certain conditions that were set in place before I could even be considered seriously. To my greatest surprise, I met next to all of the conditions put in place for the selection process, all except one, which at the time I'd thought was not much of a big deal, except for the fact that the final condition was the presence of a parent, or both parents preferably, or a guardian in the case where it's not possible for said parent to be able to make it. Simple, right? I had both parents, both of whom were both hale and hearty, nothing could possibly go wrong. Or so I thought. A deadline was placed on fulfilling these conditions, as the window of opportunity that was given was a very slim one indeed. Within time, this information was passed across to every single applicant, or player in this case, and the two weeks deadline that was provided I'd always tried my possible best to remind both mom and dad about being present for at least this. I tried to make it known to them how important this was to me at the time. As always, I was always being promised their presence, all to no avail. 
I would wait for hours at our school's coach office, eagerly for their arrival day after day, only for me to head back home, and the only thing I would get from them is, I'm sorry son, I was quite busy at work today, let's make it tomorrow, I promise I'll be there. These words became repetitive in my head so much so that I'd already given up on even waiting for them to arrive at all, because at this point it just seemed like there was no way in this life or the next that they would actually humble a promise that they had made to me. I mean, I've been practically invisible to them my entire life up until the birth of dear Matilda. The continual promising went on for quite a while, until I decided altogether to stop myself from even dreaming of getting selected. Alas, the end of the deadline was already upon us, and as expected, I could present neither a guardian nor a parent. And as thus, I did not meet the basic requirement needed to even be considered. That was how the first of my many dreams was suddenly cut short and killed off. The worst part of all was that I understood the fact that my dad could not make it, even after countless promises. But in the case of my mom, she was a full-time mom at the time and I honestly saw no reason why she could not at least spare at least an hour or two for her own son. But she could spend the entire day ensuring that Matilda is okay. Sometimes I wonder what my life would be like if Matilda was never born. I think currently there are little to no siblings who do not get along well with each other that have never had this thought of this to themselves, wondering how their lives would be like if their other sibling had not been conceived in the first place. This was one of those moments for me. Anyways, this was nothing compared to what Matilda did to me when she was already fully grown up. Following the events that took place a few years later, the entire structure of my whole life would come crumbling down due to one statement made by Matilda. A few years later, following the events of the utter dream-crushing moment of my life back in junior high, I'd already moved past that and tried to make myself a bit independent. Naturally, I would not survive if I were to be totally independent of my parents, so I had to split it up a bit. There are some days I would rely on my parents for some things, and there are other days, which was most days, that I would rather be on my own or be my own man. It even got to the point I'd already made plans to move out of the house, seeing as I'd just entered college, and going to school from the house would have been too much of a hassle for me. A few years after Matilda was born, my mother decided that she did not want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom, so she decided she wanted to start working again, which automatically left me with the burden of taking care of Matilda while both my parents were out. Naturally, I would have jumped on the idea of taking care of my little sister. However, this was not the case for me, as I was near furious when my mother told me the news of her looking to start working again. I obviously had no choice in the matter, as to them, basically I was just an extra mouth to feed in the home, sometimes, which translated to my mother as extra baggage that needs to start pulling his own weight. I tried to object to the new role that was being given to me, but obviously I already knew the results of my objection, so naturally I just went with the flow. Matilda was 13 at the time, so I guess you could say that babysitting at that age wouldn't be too strenuous. After a whole month of babysitting Matilda, I'd come to a realization that maybe I was just the one that was being too greedy of my parents' attention, and if I should come on the same page with them, surely things must have turned out differently for me. What made me come to this realization was the fact that I'd never even tried to get to know my little sister at all. 
At the time, I'd always just had this slight dislike for her and how she just saw it fit to hog all the attention from both parents at the same time, all while leaving out the fact that she was still at the time a very young infant and as thus could not basically be held responsible for anything at the time. After babysitting Matilda for quite a while, me and her got really close, so much so that our parents began to notice the sudden bond between the both of us. Obviously, after being around Matilda for quite a while, I'd gotten to know some things about my parents that I never even had the chance to know before. It was such a nice time. Things were already looking better than they'd ever been in my entire life, even before the birth of my little sister. However, as always, once things are looking too nice or too good to be true, they are. So Matilda and I had already gotten so close that we didn't have any secrets between the both of us anymore. And there was one incident that happened one very day that would completely change the way both my parents saw me and how the remainder of my life would be lived. Matilda had just started high school at the time and I was in my second year in college and at this point both our parents still sought it fit to make me come home from time to time to babysit and all. I just thought at the time that it was nice because I thought they actually missed me and didn't know how to tell me that they wanted me to be home. And naturally, after being the extra piece in the family, even though I was the firstborn, this was one of those times when I felt like I was actually needed or wanted in my own family. On this day, while I was home, Matilda and I got talking, and she was telling me about a boy she liked in her school, but he didn't pay her any attention, so she was wondering what advice I had for her on the matter. Naturally, this was one of those instances where the elder brother would tell or give advice to his younger sister when she comes to him for advice. But in this case, or instance, I just decided to play a little practical joke on her, so I told her some specific things to say to him and all, most of which were some embarrassing things that I would never say of course, and then I let her be on her way to school. Obviously, when she got back, she was so angry with me at the terrible advice I'd given her, I had no choice but to burst out laughing. It was so funny the way she still used a bit of improvisation to even make the terrible idea I gave her even worse, and her reaction after she came home and told me the outcome. That is what got me cracking. Little did I know that she took this very personally and she was really angry with me and thus very eager to get back at me by all means necessary. At the time, I actually thought there was nothing she could do that could really get at me. Until one day, while I was in school, I received a phone call from my mom first. She was yelling on the phone, almost to tears. She kept raining down insults upon insults on me. I was totally confused at this point because I was with my friends at this point and seeing her call, I excused myself, hoping to concentrate on the call at hand because my mom almost never calls me and all. I was awestruck. I no sooner received a call from my dad who told me to immediately come home. Okay, now I was scared, mainly because my dad almost never calls me. In fact, he never calls me like ever. I hurriedly left the school as I rushed home. I met a bunch of people at my home, some officers and most of them were family members. Once I entered, I received a thundering slap across my face from my father. Then he asked in a furious tone what I'd done to my little sister. I told him I had no idea what he was talking about and the next thing I heard absolutely blew my mind. 
Apparently Matilda had gone and told my mom that with the both of us alone in the house most of the times, I had done some things that siblings were never meant to do, and that she had no choice in the matter and that I forced myself on her. This was very shocking to hear, but the worst part of it all was that when I heard all of this, which was from Matilda's perspective, no one even bothered to confirm things from my own end. Apparently, my dad called the officers to come and take me away, as he disowned me on the spot and promised then to never want to have anything to do with me again. Everything was happening so very fast, right then and there in the room. The officers came and took me away from my parents. Basically, the whole process and what I was charged with was sexual assault of a minor, but seeing as I was a first-time offender, I wasn't given the full punishment, but rather I was taken to a remand home for juveniles. I spent more than two years in that home for juveniles, basically wasting the entirety of those two years for me, because till this day I still cannot believe something like that would have happened to me. It basically ruined my life, but that's not even where I'm heading towards. Apparently when I got out, I could no longer finish my school, mainly because of my parents not backing me anymore. I had nowhere to return to at all, only for me to get a text from my sister saying she wanted to talk and apologized for what she had caused, saying she didn't mean for things to turn out the way they did and all. My mind went blank as I was thinking of what exactly to do and how to go about this whole situation. So basically she just felt like the only way to have gotten back at me back then for giving her bad advice was to ruin my life as a whole. I had a flood of different varying emotions all of which almost pushed me to the edge to resort to extreme violence. But I was calm and composed. As I was released from the remand home, I was told I was placed on probationary release, mainly because of my well-composed and good behavior. If I were to get myself involved in any trouble at all, I was going to serve a full term. After much thinking and contemplation, I asked for her to meet up with me somewhere not too far from our house and talk. She basically did all the talking, she confessed to formulating everything she said about what I did to her, and she also added why she did it. I made sure to get every single bit of information about what she did and what effects her actions had on my life generally, and when she was done, I finally clicked the stop button on my phone to end the recording. I finally had what I needed to clear up my name with my family and expose Matilda for what she had done, and also to clear my name in the eyes of the law. To cut the long story short, my parents were surprisingly ready to listen to me as I presented the recordings to them while in the presence of Matilda, as she could not deny anything. My parents tried to apologize and get me to forgive them, but I wasn't ready for all that, for at that very moment, I wanted Matilda to go through what I went through, but seeing as she was still not of age to be subjected to the criminal justice system, She was taken to the same juvenile home that I was, but this time, her time to serve was two years more than mine, and also both mom and dad cut off all relations and contact with her. To me, I didn't need the acceptance of my family again, as seeing Matilda pay for what she had done to me was more than enough. I'm just failing to understand how they go and they lock OP up and throw away the key without seemingly doing anything any kind of due diligence. I'm assuming this takes place in America, I mean it very well could take place somewhere else. It's just the whole skipping over the innocent until proven guilty thing that I'm really hung up on. But with that being said, 
That's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.